of the Underground Railroad, Catch Flats Not Feeling, featuring Miss Veronica May. She happens to be Miss Diamond 2021, current reigning UK champion, um, and she's going to be in a competition later on this year in Las Vegas. It's going to be an international one this time. She's a previous, uh, if I can remember correctly, three-time junior winner and six-time adult winner. So she's been around a while. She's pretty experienced. And hopefully, if she makes it, it would be awesome. Then we get to talk to her. She's, I believe she's at the airport. Hence the title, Catch Flights Not Feeling. Um, and we're just looking to raise some awareness around what she's up to, what she's doing, and her new 
for a new sponsor. Due to the pandemic, she's had some issues with the sponsor that she had um, and the some issues around management as well. So hopefully we can uh, raise some awareness and uh, connect her with some people, somebody that can help. But content, how are you? You're on mute, by the way. Is that oh, better? Here we go. You're with us now. Yeah. Can you quiet the, the back drop to you? Because it's difficult to hear what you're saying against the uh, rhythmic tunes that are behind you. Yeah. No worries. How are you anyway? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? Good, good, good. Yeah, very good. Um, did you hear what I just said? I have parts of it, but I couldn't hear it all because um, the other voice behind you is more frenetic than yours. Oh, right. <laughs> so it kind of grabs your attention a bit when it says keywords. Um, but yeah, so what did you get from it? Uh, you get that she's Miss Diamond UK twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's currently at the airport as well. Which airport? I'm not sure. I want it in this book. You can find out. Maybe. Um, okay, and are we recording the podcast on here sort of thing? Yes, we are indeed. And she is here, Veronica. How are you? Good morning, morning, morning. Wow, wow. We've got a celebrity here. (laughs) Not even, guys. Not even. Just a regular human being. (laughs) Well, we think you're a celebrity. That's me and Curious. I don't know about anybody else. No, just me. Welcome. Um, welcome. I hope you've landed and you're safe and everything. I'm safe. safe. Have you taken off yet? Have you? No, no. Um, I came back yesterday instead of this morning. Oh. So I'm home and safe and home. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine like an actual celebrity took the time to make it early? I love it. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Veronica? How how's it been? It's been good. Busy, 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 busy. Literally treat my house like a hotel. Come in, shower, sleep, go out again. Don't really do much else at the moment. So, for those that don't know you, mm-hmm. can you give us a pricey of what's been happening for the past sort of twenty six years? Wow. Oh, <laughs> the whole twenty-six years—that's that's a lot. A lot's been going on. Um, and we've only um, got about half an hour. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. not even sure I could get it all done in the half hour, but I'm going to get it down to a couple of minutes. So, um, I was born in Nottingham, grew up in the Neaton, um, spent most of my life in the Neaton. You're, you're um, in East Midland, Come on. Come yeah. On. I'm from Birmingham originally we um, love to see it but i lived in nottingham for two years hey. awesome. please continue <laughs> so if you're listening everybody you're welcome listen come and listen to yeah the no, podcast. it's like you can see you can hear it in my act yes yeah i grew up in the midlands yeah. um it was great 
Um, Nelita's kind of very small countryside, not really city life, but close enough to the city life to be able to have the best of both worlds. Um, I've been a competitive athlete since I was three. Um, I played netball since I was three. Um, I'm a dancer as well, been doing that since I was two and a half. Um, been doing pageants since I was five. Um, I started doing pageants because I was very shy as a child, contrary to public opinion. Um, and my mum just kind of wanted me to be more out there. She wanted me to kind of speak to people. I didn't really want to speak to people if you weren't my parents. Like if we went out and someone tried to have a conversation with me, I'd kind of like hold on to my parents' <laughs> legs and be like, can you leave me alone please? Because this is really scary. Um, and my mum didn't want that for me. She didn't want that to, my, to be my life. So she put me in beauty pageants um, and I caught what we call pageant fever. Um, I did my first one and the rest really is history. Um, I've been doing them since then. I took a break when I was 14 because um, I was doing pageants and I was doing competitive dance and I was playing netball and I was doing piano and I was literally costing my parents like 50 grand a year in like extracurricular activities. My mum and dad were like, um, hi friend, can you pick one? P- pick one, okay, thank you. Um, I couldn't pick one, <laughs> I just couldn't. So I did netball and I did dance um, and everything else kind of ceased to exist. Um, and then when I got to uni, um, I started doing pageants again. Um, it was kind of for the same reason, a new place, new environment wasn't really kind of finding my feet yet so my sister suggested that I did a pageant kind of for fun so I did and once again I caught a pageant fever and here we are eight years later back in the game and living life okay that's a very brief summary of that my was, life that, <laughs> that was a brilliant synopsis brilliant half minutes bang on <laughs> well rehearsed well rehearsed um Okay, so where are you now? Are you, are you in the, the capital city? Are you in Birmingham? Are you um, just outside the capital city, uh, Wolfham okay. Cross, uh, near Enfield? Got you, got you, got you. Um, let's 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 go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning, Mark. Uh-huh. Go ahead, go ahead. So, um, first of all, what I'm curious about is. Um, given that you were highly motivated and successful, even from a young age, was it positive or negative towards your school friends? Like, how did they respond? Um, so in primary school, it was positive because so I went to private school, so everybody had the same mentality. Everybody was doing similar, if not the same things. So a lot of my primary school friends, we all went to the same dance academy, so we literally spent all day Monday to Friday together, all day at the weekends together, all day evenings together, we were basically attached to the hip. Um, and then if you weren't doing dance and you had another form of extracurricular, I don't recall anyone in primary school not having like a thing, like everyone had their thing. Um, so primary school, it was great. Secondary school, it was kind of similar. Um, there was kind of less people um, who had a thing. For some people, their thing was academics, like they were super, super smart. So their extracurriculars would be things like um, chess club, science club, IT, which is great. It's never really been my thing. I'm just not, it's not me. Um, it was only kind of when I went to sixth form. Um, so I didn't go to a private sixth form. I kind of just, I'd had enough. I was like, I just want to breathe. I don't want someone breathing down my neck all the time and just beating me down about how you know excellence is the only way like excellence is the only way I'm not gonna lie I I don't do mediocrity but I just kind of needed some breathing room but when I got to sixth form it was really it was a culture shock to me because 
I still had all the things outside of school that I needed to do. Um, so I still had netball training before school in the morning. I still had dance until nine o'clock at night and then still had to go home and do my homework. And it was kind of bizarre to the people in Zipcom that I enjoyed this. They were like, oh, I can't believe your mum's making you do this. I was like, my mum doesn't make me do anything. Like, I'm pretty sure my mum would relish in not having to pay any training fees or, you know, dance costume bills or anything. I think she'd really enjoy that. Um, this is what I want to do. Um, and it was it was weird for a while. And then I was just like, do you know what? Different strokes, different folks. Like, this is, this is the way I live my life. This is the way you live your life. Um, and it's just about kind of finding that balance when you're interacting with people. So did you go from private school to sort of like general sixth form? Yes. So can you sort of like highlight like the change for you in terms of outlook of people, I suppose, or the, or the change of culture within those two different environments? Um, so it's weird because when, so the primary school that I went to was in Nuneaton, so everybody was kind of within a 10 mile radius, like everyone was a stone's throw away from the school. So everyone lived the same life. Everyone had the same outlook on life. We all kind of did the same things, saw the same things, experienced the same things. And that was the way that we viewed the world. Like that's how the world existed everywhere to us because we'd never seen anything different. And then kind of getting to sixth form, like I said, it was a culture shock because there was a whole world outside of countryside, private school living that I just had no idea about. I just never experienced it. Um, and like I said, it was it was strange um, because I was kind of really open-minded in terms of embracing the different like outlooks on life and the way that people do things. But there was almost kind of a need to keep me at arm's length because I didn't understand how hard life was and I didn't understand all these different things. And I was like, I might not understand them because I've never experienced them, but I'm trying to understand. But some people were really kind of like, yeah, this is the way the world works. Like one of my friends used to make a joke because um, I don't drink tap water. I just won't do it, it doesn't matter how nice you tell me the tap water is, how many times you tell me you filtered it, it's not gonna happen. And she used to make this joke, she used to be like, yeah, she drinks different waters. Like that was her thing. Um, when I didn't understand something or when I thought that the world worked one way and it actually worked another way. So, yeah, it's just about different people and how they interact with you and kind of not taking things personally. That was one thing I learned, like, really early on in normal sixth form. Like, people are going to feel a type of way about different things, just charge it to the game and keep so it moving. can I ask a question, Ryan? In... Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were... Is it is it called beauty pageanting or pageanting? Yes. <laughs> pageanting. Yeah. Um, so, like, from the age of five, right? And mm-hmm. You said that your mum got you into it because she wanted to kind of bring you out, or make yeah. you more, more confident, um, which I think is a great thing. Um, and I think that pageanting, in my very limited experience, um, and when I say experience, I mean observing, um, mm-hmm. it, it seems to bring about. Um, that kind of <laughs> I was going to say congeniality um, <laughs> but yeah so how how kind of similar is are, are the themes in have you seen the film Miss Congeniality? I have yes yeah okay so how similar are the themes in that film to what it's actually like in real life? Um, 
so I'd be lying if I said that there aren't any of the kind of um, girls who just want to tear people down. I'd actually be flat out lying. I would. However, it's not the majority. Um, for the majority of us, we are dedicated to empowering other women and kind of bringing each other up. Um, it's not, I think the movie kind of makes it out like everyone who's competing just does pageanting. That's it. That's their whole life. They have nothing outside of that. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, some of my closest friends are doctors, dentists, pilots, neurosurgeons in the army. Like, we all have lives outside of that and we're all people outside of that. And we all bring those kind of skills um, into pageanting, but also take the pageant skills outside. Like, um, I'm always told when I do a job interview um, how amazing my interview skills are. And I'm like, oh, thanks. It's because I've been, in, I've been interviewed since I was five years old. I appreciate it. Great. We love it. Um, and things like delivering speeches and presentations when you're kind of in corporate and people literally start shaking and hyperventilating at the thought of having to stand up in front of people and give a 30 second presentation. And I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, let's, let's go. Because again, that's what we've been taught. You have to do your opening introduction. You have to talk about yourself. You have to be able to do all of those things. And I think in the movie, it doesn't highlight um, how transferable the skills are or how supportive the people are um what the movie does show is how when you are competing in a pageant you eat sleep breathe live every waking moment is kind of pageant you you'll literally be doing something else and then you'll come into your head oh my gosh i need to get tape for my dress or like something completely random and you'll just get on with your day it's really strange so like So, do 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 you have like seasons when you're focusing primarily on, you know, pageanting, or is it is it like how many competitions do you do enter a year? Like, what's what? How does it work? Um. So, if you win one, then you enter one for the year because you have your title. Um, if it's a national title, it will have a non-compete clause, which means you can't compete in any other pageants. Um, if you don't, you can enter as many patterns as you like. Um, me personally, I've been undefeated for seven years, <laughs> so I've only done one a year. Um, I literally, I do one, I give everything that I've got. Um, that's kind of me in life. I, I don't do things by house. It's, I'm not a kind of sort of maybe person. I'm a all or nothing. Um, so it's currently pageant season right now. Um, which is why I said at the beginning that I'm not in my house. I'm at a pageant event more than I'm in my own house. Literally just doing appearances, being everywhere, doing everything, getting ready for internationals. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot right now. Thank you, Veronica. Um, welcome to the Curious Anarchy Safe House. This is the Underground Railroad. And today's episode with Veronica May, AKA the Statue of Liberty. It's a catch flights not feelings. She's going to be sharing a little bit more on her experiences <clears throat> in pageanting, um, being from outside of London as well. I think that's a really important note, being out from outside of London, coming into London. Um, and I guess there's a kind of aspect of making it in the big city, I guess. Um, yeah. <sighs> 
games are coming up. Just give me a moment to peruse content. Any questions? Yeah, I've got I've got a question. Um, I'm quite curious about because um, you see in sports as well, which is that England has a reputation of putting down successful people. Like rather than supporting and prof profiling and, and highlighting them, we tend to look at the flaws or look at ways that we can say, oh look, they're doing all this, but um, you know they they still eat burgers or something you know so we, we we have this way of looking at the negatives and i notice this a lot in comparison say with the united states where they tend to promote their their stars in every way they can and are shocked when they show the slightest flaw now i just wonder what your experience was because you've done it from such a young age and you've done it internationally i wonder how you view that that whole lift you up or pull you down sort of syndrome yeah um i saw this thing on twitter the other day where someone just posted UK really is bad vibes and I've never related to anything more in my entire life because like you said going internationally they are so if you take countries like the Philippines or Venezuela or even the states their pageant queens are literal royalty out there literal royalty everyone knows who they are they are supported they are promoted they are given everything it's like oh my god this is amazing what you've done this is amazing what you do um whereas over here it's kind of like oh and there's, there's nothing um and if people are giving you kind of attention for what you're doing it's kind of like oh isn't this really up updated and super old-fashioned and i'm like no your view of pageantry is outdated and old-fashioned because it's nothing um the whole kind of anti-feminist rhetoric that i hear all the time i'm like well, clearly you don't know how pageantry works because it's not anti-feminist in any sense of the imagination um and i think even in sports um i've been to, like i said i've been doing competitive sports most of my life uh, went to internationals as an athlete went to internationals as a netballer and the difference in treatment over there to over here is wild literally so so wild um but yeah i just kind of like i said i charge everything to the game i'm like it is what it is um people who want to support you are going to support you and those who don't like leave them to their own devices at this point i just wondered if it, it changes or or you have to adapt a different mentality like like you got so you're looking at your rivals who are sitting on clouds on thrones and you're climbing up the cloud because people keep pulling you back down even though you deserve to sit rightly on a par with everyone else. I wonder how that affects the, your... I mean, obviously you're a competitor and you, and you love to succeed, but how does it affect your personal psyche in terms of achieving things? Um, I think it's different in like between sport and pageantry. When it comes to sport, I'm kind of like, I'm going to do it regardless. I don't. I don't take kindly to losing at anything in my life. Um, I definitely blame my mum for that. She's like, don't bring me home any second place trophies. I'm like, okay, okay, I, I will. You have been compete like, from the age of five after all. Yeah. <laughs> second, my mum's favourite phrase is, second is a first place loser. I don't like losers. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so um, that kind of have to win mentality, like I said, I've had it from young. Um, so when it comes to sports, I don't really acknowledge that we don't get the recognition that um, athletes from other countries get, or even in this country, the recognition that male athletes get. Um, I just get on with it. When it comes to pageantry, it is so much harder because 
yes it's still about the winning but it's not just kind of you go you play a game and you come home it's you go you're out there for an entire week you've got your rehearsals you've got your press appearances you've got um, optionals you've got awards evenings you've got galas and all of these different times when you still have to do the same things that everybody else is doing but they've got the backing or they literally have the backing of their entire country there is an entire nation behind them and you're kind of there you've got like your little fan club like my mum travels everywhere my mom, every single pageant my dad like my family my friends like I have those people and I'm indebted to them for the rest of my life and they do their best to kind of match the energy but 10 people will never be able to match the energy of an entire nation so it is kind of deflating sometimes but it also gives me this kind of I'm gonna do it anyway like I'm gonna come out on top and I kind of have to remember that the people that I would be letting down if I didn't give 110% are my family and whilst no they don't have the energy of the entire nation they mean more to me than the entire nation so it's still like I've got to come out on top regardless. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Conviction. I love that. I love that. Um, <clears throat> it's competition, right? Um, how, how, okay, there's two things I want to talk about. Competition and this element of feminism or womanism or like, I don't know, I'm not quite sure how you want to describe that for yourself. Um, but I guess really it's a question in terms of identity and how you kind of fit into the scene, how you're, how people choose to work with you around the intersections of your identity. Um, mm-hmm. Can you kind of envelope that a little bit for us, please? Um, I think there's, because there's so many intersections kind of of me, it's difficult sometimes for people to kind of know which which aspect of me to hone in on. Um, they're kind of like, she's a woman, she's black, she's young, but also, I hate this term, but she carries masculine energy, whatever the hell that means, I hear that all the time. <laughs> um, and those kind of things, and I'm just like, no, no guys, I'm, I'm just me. Okay, I'm, I'm what just is, me. You don't need to dissect okay, me. Okay, so like this, this, this is great because you're you're openly embracing that masculine side of you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we all heard of uh, yin yang, right? Balance, uh, yeah. masculine, feminine. Um, like, what what does it what does it mean to you to embody your masculine? Um, for me, um, I don't actually. View. the things that people deem to be masculine I don't deem them to be channeling my masculine I deem them to be being me unapologetically because I don't see being dominant as being masculine I don't see being competitive as being masculine I don't see being assertive as being masculine because women can and a lot of the time are all of those things but when we are it's oh she's bossy or she's emotional and it's like no I'm not bossy I just know what I'm doing and I'm not emotional I'm passionate because there have been times where um 
I've reacted to a situation in one way and it's like, oh my God, she's so emotional. God, women and their emotions. And then a man will react 10 times worse than I do. And it's like, look at the passion. Look at the passion, see how much he cares. And I'm like, sorry, what? What, no, why, why are my emotions, you know, irrational and illogical, but his are kind of just passion for what he's doing and what he cares about. Um, but also it's kind of some people the reason I don't deem it to be masculine is because I think women are capable of so much more than they've ever been given credit for Um, and because of that when they do things that men do or they do things better than men do them it's kind of like oh she's being masculine look at her masculine energy she's not i hate this phrase as well resting in her femininity (laughs) i'm like so what is femininity like like what you want me to just sit here not have an opinion do what you say all of those kind of things (laughs) not my bag not into it (laughs) not approved never gonna happen kind of thing so yeah so you completely obliterate like all of those kinds of stereotypes um like what what's it like dealing with competitions dealing with your family and then dealing with like um the aftermath of competition so like the publicity that comes along with that and working with different agents and maybe management companies and promoters and, and people organizing events for you to attend um you said that you deliver s- speeches mm-hmm. public yeah engagements like like kind of tell us a little bit more about that um so in terms of kind of the family aspect um i come from a competitive family <laughs> my mum um used to be an athlete my dad used to be an athlete which, which sports um, were they in uh, my mum played netball um, and my dad was a runner um so that kind of element isn't it's, it's nothing new so kind of like in competition season so when I was younger it used to be netball season athletic season so it was kind of it was something season all year <laughs> round like dance season is all year um obviously it's kind of like downtime in the season but there's there's dance competitions literally 52 weeks of the year um and then netball season would be kind of September to March and then athletic season would be February to September and it's kind of like there's a competition season happening at some point the whole year kind of in my family and so the fact everyone gets it everyone understands it um people don't take things personally in kind of competition week if you like snap at someone it's like oh it's all right it's fine we get it um and then in terms of the aftermath should you win it's great it's fine we love it you know everyone's on a high it's kind of pure celebratory vibes should you not win a long ride home it's a very very long ride home um i remember one competition um it was just a regional so it didn't count for anything um <laughs> I didn't that my in there. table like it was it wasn't an important competition it was i don't know it was it was just a competition um and i placed second and i placed second it was um, an athletic competition i placed second because i looked um behind me to see where the person behind me was um and then a person on my other side went past me i was like wait 
No, where did you come from? What's you going on? Off the um, wall. But I didn't, I didn't have like I didn't have time to catch it up. So my dad actually made me run home behind the car. And every time I looked anywhere that wow. wasn't directly in front of me, we drove back to where the competition was. <laughs> he was like, so clearly you didn't learn your lesson. Clearly, how far was you're, you're looking left and right. What's what's going on here, friend? <laughs> what are we doing? How far was that? Um, it should only have been four miles. Ended up being probably close to the 15 mark. Not gonna lie, because <laughs> I'd get like three quarters of the way home and I'd hear something and I'd look and I'm like, oh, for God's sake! And we'd have to go back. So the not winning was not great. The winning was great in the family. Um, all my siblings are super competitive. Um, I'm the only athlete, um, but everyone has their thing. Um, and then in terms of kind of dealing with the aftermath of winning a pageant, um, it's very, it takes a lot of discernment because um, a big portion of pageantry is kind of charity and community work. So um, I attend a lot of charity events where um, there will be no charge for me to be there. Uh, there'll be no expectations I will literally just come attend your event if you need me to do something like present an award or deliver a speech all of that is fine um and then there are other events kind of corporate events where there will be a charge and you will be expected if you're expecting me to be in I don't know Newcastle you're going to be paying for me to get on the train I'm <laughs> I'm not paying that 200 pound uh, fee for me to get there Trains um, are ridiculous. Right? I literally, so my dad lives in Exeter, and the other day I went down to see him. It was actually cheaper for me to get on a plane to Exeter from London than it was to get on the train. And I was like, so guys, you know, you keep talking about all these you know, carbon emissions, save the planet, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to keep getting on planes to places inside the United Kingdom because it's cheaper than getting on the train. So, you know, I'm responsible for global warming, not sorry. Just need to get where I need to get to. No, um, but Veronica, we highlighted this with the conference about actually about the environment in Glasgow. That it was something it worked out something like fifty quid to fly from London, about mm-hmm. three hundred pounds to fly, and that was for the conference about global warming in Glasgow. It was mad. That's crazy. Can I? I want to so, ask you a question so because I'm intrigued because p- people of a certain generation will always remember sort of like Miss Wills and that always saying well, I want to help everybody around the world and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And then... World peace. And then, oh. disappearing off the, yeah, and then disappearing off the face. You've actually got on your profile that you that you um, you work with excluded children and you've worked, or you do some support with prisons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've also done a number of qualifications educationally to help you to do that. Am I right in thinking that? Yes, you are. So do you want to outline how, how you managed to do that? Because you seem to have a pretty full-on schedule anyway. How on earth do you manage to find the time to do that as well? Um, time management <laughs> would probably be <laughs> the number one answer to that. Um, I have a diary, like a paper diary. You're like, what? You have a paper diary? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, and if it's not written in the paper diary, it's not happening. I don't care what I said to you in person. I don't care what I said on the phone. If I didn't write it down in the diary, it doesn't take place. Um, because inside that diary, um, every single day is broken down into the 24 hours and I will block out time to do everything that I need to do. Um, I also don't really sleep. So, you know, I'm kind of working through what would be, you, you know, most people's night time. Did you Pardon? get any sleep on the flight? Um, a little bit. Um, it was only from Ireland. So the flight was only like an hour and a half. <laughs> 
um, but for some reason, so um, I flew with Ryanair for the first time. Um, probably the last time. Who do you normally fly with? Like, like what is with, with, which class do you normally fly in? Do I have to answer? Yeah, that? why not? <laughs> um, it depends. It depends where I'm going. Um, long haul flights will be business or first class, depending on the airline. Um, if I'm flying with Virgin or American Airlines, it will always be first because I have a lot of air miles. Um, so I don't actually end up paying that much for the flights. Um, other airlines will usually be business class if I'm doing a long haul, a long haul flight. If it's not a long haul flight, if I'm flying with British Airways, um, then the economy is fine. If I'm not flying with British Airways, which is a rarity, it will be premium economy because I don't like people being very close to me when I'm flying. I'm like, why is there a human? So wait, wait, you're a, you're a national celebrity. You should be flying first class anyway. I mean, they should be, <laughs> the airline should be paying for you to go with them on a first class flight. I mean, that would be nice. I mean, in October, um, the Duke's Palm in Dubai is flying me out for the week. Um, to kind of do some press appearances and kind of make some promo videos for them and stuff. So people who acknowledge kind of how hard um, it's been to get here and what it means to have gotten here, um, yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're like, yeah, sure, we will fly you over here, we will pay for you to get here. And then other people are kind of like, okay, so we want you in our event because we've seen you at other events so it means that it's a good thing to have you here but we don't want to pay you to get here we don't want to pay that's you madness to you sh- they should be they should be honored to have you flying on their airlines yeah not not everyone kind of sees it that way all right um, well let me ask you a question no sorry no because this is annoying me now so let me ask you a question it's mm-hmm. a difficult question <laughs> it's a difficult question but it's not aimed at you it's for the audience what can people do in the uk to support you because clearly we're not experienced. This is, a, this is an area we're not experienced at. We're very good at telling people what's wrong with the people that are successful. I remember, for example, the other day, Mo Farah came second in a race. He's won the medals as an athlete in the UK. Yeah. And all the papers were going on about the fact that some nobody beat him into second place, rather than that he's the most incredible athlete we've ever had. So yeah. I want to know from you what, from the perspective where you're sitting, Mm-hmm. Different different flights and different economies and what have you. But from your perspective, what can the UK do to support you in a way that other countries are automatically supporting their athletes and their and their beauty pageants? How can we improve the way that we deliver support to you? Um, I think the first thing would be to just acknowledge what it's taken to get here. I think. I can mention the other countries, kind of like Philippines, Venezuela, um, the USA. Pageantry is in is like embedded in them. So when kind of queens take national titles, they're like, oh my god, this is amazing what she's done. This is no mean feat, you know, that she's taken on, um, and they acknowledge that. So in their askings of that queen it's kind of like I know what it's taking for her to get here I know what her schedule is like like people don't understand that holding a national title is a full-time job but it's not a full-time paid job so I still have to do my job I still have to do my nine-to-five I still have to get up and go to work so 
if you're asking me to be somewhere it has to make sense it has to be feasible um there will be times where i will be in four different cities over the course of a weekend attending different events but if i'm in manchester in the morning um doing an event and you ask me to be in i don't know southampton that night it's not going to work it's not going to happen and it will have to be a no but people take it personally when you say no. And I'm like, I'm not saying no because I don't want to be there. I'm not saying no because I don't want to be at your event. I'm saying no because I'm one human being and it's not physically possible for me to be in the north of the country at midday and be at the south of the country four hours later when the south of the country is nine hours away. Um, so kind of a little bit of grace would go a very long way. Um, but also in the other aspects of events, acknowledging who we are and just not expecting because we do charity work and because we do community work that we're going to do everything for free like i said charity events so for registered charities i will be there i'm not going to charge you i'm not going to charge you transport or accommodation i will just be there to support the charity if you're hosting an event and you're charging people three four five hundred pounds a ticket and then want to turn around to me and say we don't have a budget to get you here yeah no <laughs> the, the maths there it's it's not really adding up friend um so no i'm not going to be there wish you all the best hope it goes well for you um and then kind of the other aspect would be um would be the sponsorship and that is such a massive thing that UK queens specifically are fighting for because in I'll take the Philippines if a Philippines queen wins there are businesses and individuals lined up at her door to be her sponsors to be kind of like okay I want to provide you with this I want to do this for you um can I I don't know can I be your hair sponsor so they will literally just supply her hair extensions for the you know the duration of her reign there will be someone who will be can I be your fashion sponsor so all her appearances they will supply her gowns her suits whatever kind of appearance is whatever outfit she needs they'll supply it there will be cosmetic dental sponsors there will be fitness sponsors there will be financial sponsors there will be travel sponsors so like you said about the flights there will be travel agents that will be like we will organize all your travel for everywhere that you go or there will be an individual that will say i would like to be your travel sponsor so i will be responsible for covering the cost of all your flights or your trains or your accommodation wherever you need to go and that will be their responsibility and there are kind of in these other countries there are people who are part of that when they're writing their kind of business budget for the year pageantry sponsorship is in the budget that's what they know that you know pageant season is coming um there's going to be the international winners there's going to be you know these people who are heading to internationals and they want to be kind of a part of that because the thing is about it's great winning the national title um and like having that support but when you get to internationals what people don't understand is I take an international title which is you know what I'm planning to do in Vegas I'm not going out there to lose I'm planning to come back with an international crown so a year from August I will be everywhere in the world so if your business or you as a person or the person who you know has decided to believe in what I'm able to do you're going everywhere in the world to me because everywhere I go the sponsors go everywhere I go the sponsors material goes kind of thing and I think people are so because they don't see it 
as a big thing they're like oh yeah cool she won a title she won the nationals whatever they don't want to put the backing behind it because they don't understand what it took to win nationals and what it's going to take to win internationals either Veronica, mate, you have been an absolute breath of fresh air. I can't believe how, how invigorating it's been talking to you. I've got one question I really want to ask you, uh, to, and then I'll let Jermaine close, close with his questions. What, given how successful and how much you've overcome and, and all the uh, levels that you have attained in your, in your lifetime, what message do you give to people, like when you're working with excluded kids from school, say, what message do you give them? in terms of, they see it from the other side, they see that failure is their badge most of the time. Mm-hmm. So what message do you give them to sort of counteract that? Because obviously you're, you're a living example of what can be done, but what message do you give along with it? Um, my kind of life mantra is, if you tell me I can't, I'm gonna do it anyway, and I'm gonna make you watch because There are so many different things that have kind of occurred in my life that mean that I shouldn't be able to do the things that I do. I shouldn't be able to be the person that I am. Um, And kind of people don't understand that because like I said, went to private school, had this really great start. um, And people think that that's an automatic gonna be successful. Um, And it's definitely not. But also whilst kind of the things I've had to come haven't been financial, there have been massive undertakings kind of in my life. Um, I, <laughs> I fought my own body. I literally fought my own body. I shouldn't be able to walk and I did it. I had to teach myself to do it. Um, and everyone, doctors included, there were times when my own parents were like, I, I just think we should, you know, call it. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna accept my life not being able to walk. That's just not gonna happen. Um, whilst I was doing that I was trying to do my A-levels my teachers in school were like I think you should you know do your A-levels next year I was like not going to happen so everything that I shouldn't be able to do I'm like that's fine that you think I'm not going to do it but I'm going to do it and I'm going to make you watch me do it and I kind of instilled that in all my young people I'm like they're going to tell you that you know you came from here or you've been through this so you shouldn't be able to do this but you're going to tell them that you're going to do it you're going to do it well and you're going to make them watch you do it. Because the thing is, when people tell you that you can't do things, they're still watching, they're waiting for you to fail. So you have to kind of be like, you have to give them a show. That, that's that's what you have to do. You have to give them a show and you have to make it happen regardless. Um, so that's kind of what I instill in the people that come behind me. Um, okay, so... From what I understand, um, you're looking for sponsorship. Um, so can you just kind of outline a little bit of what's involved there and how that might work for anybody that might want to reach out to you um, and inquire about sponsorship? Um, yeah, so for internationals, um, <laughs> it's a very expensive um, undertaking that I'm you know, taking on. Um, and sponsorship works in different ways so kind of like how I mentioned with the different countries um sponsorship doesn't have to be um financial whilst yes obviously there are you know financial outgoings that would be greatly appreciated um there are different things that um are needed for internationals so hair makeup clothes 
um, and those kind of things. And so if a person ran a business that did one of those things, it would be great to kind of be able to take that person's business over to the States for internationals. And like I said, hopefully with the international crowd all over those kind of places. But um, in terms of the actual um, how sponsorship works, the business or the individual themselves can stipulate how they want it to work. So some people, um, with all the events that I attend, they give me their promotional materials um, and I'm responsible for distributing those at the events. Um, when I deliver my speeches, um, mentioning them as a sponsor, um, towards July when internationals is approaching, um, I have a few big press appearances. So it would be kind of mentioning that these people have sponsored me, um, putting their logos in my um, promo advert and all of those kind of things. Whereas other people just want me to attend their events. So if it's a business, all their corporate events, I'm there, their open days, businesses and those kind of things, I'm there. So how the sponsorship is repaid is entirely up to the sponsor. They stipulate what they want and what they need from me. Um, and for me, I view sponsorship as a partnership. There are some people who kind of, they want sponsorship, but they don't want to do anything for it in return. Whereas I'm like, I want you to tell me what you need. I've told you what I need. And then we come together and meet in the middle somewhere. Um, and if you wanted to get in contact with me, you can find me on Instagram um, at Miss Diamond UK 2021 or um, underscore veronica.may which is m-a-double-e um, and there's an email link on both of those profiles that you can click and send me an email um, and then I'll be able to contact you from there Awesome thank you so much Veronica it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you um, and I'm hoping that we can be or play a part in assisting you getting some sponsorship and being able to fulfil this amazing opportunity that you have. Um, Jamaica, I just ask you a quick question. Hold on, hold on. I'm honoured to spend some time with you, Veronica. Um, I believe Mark has a question. Yeah, no, <laughs> I have a question for you, not for Veronica. Um, are we able to do a, an NFT for Veronica to help her try and raise some money? We could do. Oh my God, that would be That amazing. would be awesome. Um, let's have a chat about that. Yeah. Let's let's do that. Let's do that. See what. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so thank you so much, Veronica May. It's been uh, wonderful. Thank you for joining us on the Underground Railroad. Thank you for Patch having bites. me. Not feelings, baby. Okay. <laughs> feelings. So. I have to say that whatever stars people think they were shining around them today, they missed one that was shining very brightly on this podcast today. And oh, by the way, I, I have to kind of clear up this this statue of liberty thing. Um, this was in uh, in our nine, you know, the nine a.m. in London club, right? Yeah. So I was actually on stage, and um, I saw this this profile with this person in a red dress. So I've, I've looked, and I'm like, wait, is? And I just there, there was just like. All I was seeing was the Statue of Liberty. Um, and it's like every picture, you just look so like, what's the word? There's that that poise about you. Um, what, just to wrap up, what does that kind of bring up for you, the Statue of Liberty, the ideas around that? Um, freedom. 
um, would be kind of like the first thing and specifically the fight for women's freedom um, and that is kind of one of the biggest reasons why I do what I do um, with everything that I have because the people who came before me gave all that they had so that I could be here they didn't kind of do anything by half they didn't do you know the civil rights movement by half they didn't do kind of fighting for the abolition of slavery by halves they were like I'm all in I'm gonna put my life on the line and so for me it would be disrespectful to not fight for the same freedom so everything that I do every picture that I take every post that I make I'm doing it with the remembrance that the people who came before me thought so that I could do it and there are people who are coming behind me who are looking at me and if I don't give everything what's their incentive to? You know what, that's also, Jermaine, that's also to do with, I've, I've often spoken about why people in this generation don't seem to be carrying on the, the torch for for that kind of idealism that, that Veronica's talking about. And, and there's a great example. You said the Statue of Liberty with the torch. She is carrying the torch for the, for the, for the legacy that she has to take on board, which is amazing. And I wish more people were doing it. Thank you so much, Veronica May. Thank you, thank you, honestly, guys. I really appreciate it. And that's all we have time for today on the Curious Anarchy podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Veronica. And uh, content, Mr. Mark Wilson, I have to say it's been a pleasure to co host with you. Um, thank you to all of our listeners, it's been much appreciated. Any final words, Veronica? Um, no, I just want everyone, first of all, everyone should enjoy the sunshine today. It sounds looking glorious. Um, but yeah, just what I said earlier, just remember that it doesn't matter who says what, believe in you and the world your oyster. Take it with both hands. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank and that's you. all we have time for today, right here in the Curious, Curious Anarchy Safe House, here on the Curious Anarchy Podcast. T-U-R, the Underground Railroad. Catch flights, not feelings. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) Love it, love it. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I will see you all in these clubhouse streets sooner or later.